Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that go on in the dark. My name is Tori. My name's Taylor Shea, or usually go by Tay. And welcome to the episode. Hi. Hello. Welcome back. Yes. Um, so, apologies in advance mm-hmm. if you might end up hearing loud cat running mm-hmm. throughout this whole video, beca- or not video, this whole recording. Because poor little Noodle, so my poor little pigeon, he broke his tooth. Mm -hmm. The vet and I also don't know how. There's many possibilities as to how it could have happened, but like me being me, spent all of Friday absolutely freaking out and crying over poor pigeon because I found that he had a loose tooth. He's mm-hmm. only two, so there's no reason he should have a loose tooth mm-hmm. um, unless he has something possibly wrong. Yeah. So immediately took him to the vet. The vet luckily looked at it and thinks that it was trauma-related, so what they think happened either was he was playing tug-of-war too hard, mm-hmm. was running too fast, didn't get his brakes <laughs> on quick enough, and slammed his face into a wall. <laughs> Or he jumped off of a really high surface onto another, to a lower down surface that was hard, mm. that could have cracked the tooth. Mm. Yeah. So who knows out of any of those things, which one it could have been, because it literally could have been any of them. I'm convinced my daughter had a part to play in it. Possibly. <laughs> so something had happened, it had broke his tooth, and now he has to get it surgically removed. Mm-hmm. Which is very upsetting and not cheap, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm fine with it as long as he's okay. That's all that matters to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I was freaking out because literally the, my first horrifying thought became, oh my god, what if it's like kitty leukemia? What if it's something horrible? Mm-hmm. Luckily, the vet does not believes that it was probably something trauma related so they're gonna have to go in to surgically remove it so it doesn't like fully break like into his gum line Mm -hmm. so they're gonna do that and then do some x-rays to make sure to definitely rule out that it's not like a rare gum disease Mm -hmm. but luckily because of like how they can normally tell if it's like this type of gum disease uh is by like certain teeth like having Mm -hmm. fallen out early on and luckily his are still there and he actually has an extra one (laughs) so they don't think it's that they think he probably just like did something to did did something stupid to hurt himself Mm -hmm. and then like broke it yeah so hopefully in like two weeks he will have that surgically removed and we'll be back but until then he is on pain medication in case if it's uncomfortable or painful for him however it makes him extremely high yeah and now he's like like paranoid high like paranoid yeah. high and like super like ooh everything like feels nice sensation wise mm-hmm. high so yeah. he's like rubbing his little face over every piece of furniture mm-hmm. and throwing himself on the ground mm-hmm. to get 5000 pets yep for just hours at a time mm-hmm. so he's just been cracked out running or like rubbing himself on everything and knocking over every object yes. in our house Yeah, so So apologize in advance. Yeah, so if you hear any of those things, that is why. Yeah. Because poor Noodle has a broken tooth, and it's uncomfortable and painful. Yeah, and he's just high as fuck. And then obviously there's my almost eight-month-old cat, who is just literally in full velociraptor mode, just completely, like, I found... Jumping up on top of the fridge. On top of the cabinets, like, she is just, it's, she's a fucking mess. Like, I love her, but she's a fucking mess, so... I mean, you guys have heard cats in the background before, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's not new to you guys, but we just want to always apologize about it, (laughs) because I can't quite edit out in the background, because it would cut the podcast in half. (laughs) It'd be the whole podcast. Yes, exactly. Because they just do this all the time. Mm -hmm. It is WWE in here. 100% all the time. All day long. Yes. But we much appreciate it, and Mm -hmm. we're so happy that everybody's, like, listening in again. Like, it made me really super happy. I got to see my grandma recently and talk to her quite a bit. And she was saying that, like, she literally listened to everything Mm -hmm. all in one sitting, so she wants us to record a bunch more, so she has more to listen to. That's so cute. She enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I had a friend who uh, was taking a road trip. You know who you are. Was Mm -hmm. taking a road trip, and she uh, decided Mm -hmm. to binge listen to all of them, which is awesome. And I was looking at her Instagram. We're almost at 60 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Which is awesome. So it's pretty pretty dope. So we're, you know, we're not like, you know, we're not morbid, but we're, you know, yeah. we're 
we're, 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 I'm happy with the, the, where, the way it's going. I didn't yeah. think we'd have that many followers that quick. No, and we super appreciate everybody mm-hmm. who's been listening and really, like, following all mm-hmm. of it. Because, like, this is ultimately, like, our fun thing that we do for ourselves mm-hmm. because we super enjoy it. But we're so very happy to be able to share these things with other people mm-hmm. and, like, have that nice mm-hmm. feeling of, like, oh, like, I really enjoy this. This, like, helped me, like, get through part of like this annoying task that I didn't Mm -hmm. want to do and like it just was so nice to like sit and hear stories which is my favorite thing to do Mm -hmm. to tell stories so I'm so excited that like people are genuinely Mm -hmm. like listening yeah it's pretty dope yeah and then I and I know there was one person who um I don't know if you saw it on Instagram messaged us with something that he wrote the the person we met at uh, Eastern State Penitentiary oh wow um, he messaged Mm -hmm. us and he um it was I read it Mm -hmm. it's I kind of want to read it I have to figure out a case to go along with it but um, he wrote something. It was it was about um, essentially like the uh, school to prison pipeline, essentially. Um, and it was really yeah. it was really well written. And so I want to um, eventually read it. Um, I'll have to DM him ask if we can say his name just to be safe because you don't know yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, he sent us something. Um, we're gonna try to read it um, once we find a case that works well with it. Um, or just in, you know, in, mm-hmm. if we get enough listener things, we can just read yeah. them. Um, but yeah, we just want to thank you. Like you know, as always, we very much appreciate all your support your love you know even if it's just listening and not you know really if you don't even if there's not a lot of interaction on social media it's just the listen in general Absolutely. means the world to us and just sharing that with other people we're so excited to be able to have like met our goal mm-hmm. which is being able to like do ad reads whenever mm-hmm. we get sent them mm-hmm. and that we're like having enough people that we show up when people mm-hmm. search us yes which that is awesome makes me so happy that like we've become it's been searched enough in the spotify algorithm mm-hmm. that like you can just search our name and we come right up yeah, which instead is awesome. of only having to click like our specific links. Yeah, which is awesome. So, you know, once again, mm-hmm. thank you guys so much. Um, mm-hmm. Not to get all sappy and shit, but you know, it's it's nice we to have people, you know, people listening to mm-hmm. your, people that like we don't know listening. Yes. And then we do have a few listeners who we don't know. Yeah. And you just guys just found us and mm-hmm. you know, we appreciate all mm-hmm. the other podcasts who follow us, who, you know, mm-hmm. promote us on their story. Um, you know, and we absolutely do that a lot too, as well as like, I have been recently making it a point on our Instagram to also really be sharing a lot of missing flyers because it's, it's so important and it's so needed. And one of the people that I also wanted to like really make sure that like, if people are really interested to really get involved with is the black and missing foundation. I have us following them on Instagram Recently, um, My Favorite Murder had done an interview with them, uh, the women who founded the foundation, but it's so important what they're doing and making it so that, because there is a disparity when it comes to media reporting about missing folks, that unfortunately, if you're not a specific type of person, Mm -hmm. which usually is white, Mm -hmm. young, and pretty, that you don't get airtime mm-hmm. and the more that you share any of these missing flyers the more likely there is a chance that people can come forward yep. with important information yeah. and that it can speed up the process mm-hmm. of these cases and it can help get people home or answers found quicker. Yeah, definitely so i want to make it always a point that we share as many of those and like if some folks want to really like make a full initiative like I am doing mm-hmm. of like anytime I see a missing flyer I automatically am going to just share mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. like whether I feel like people that I know could know something or not mm-hmm. just share it yeah I agree so mm-hmm. yeah you know we like I said we appreciate yeah. the support but I guess I'll let uh take it into into her case yes. I guess so this case is a French case so there's a lot of French pronunciation so please everybody i apologize in advance but i did try to do my best to make sure that i am pronouncing things as well as i can because i've even included phonetic spelling oh i love that good so i'm hoping i did write by this but i'm sure someone will yell at me and be like that's the worst french accent i've ever heard in my life mood yeah mood exactly but so today I'm going to tell you the story about the confined woman of Poitiers. Okay. So the beautiful Blanche Monnier was born on March 1st, 1849 in Poitiers, France, a mere four hours away from Paris. So the Monnier family were an aristocratic family that had ancestry from French nobility. 
So Blanche herself had been a well-liked socialite that was known to be extremely beautiful, gentle, and good-natured. So Blanche, by all accounts, was said to have had a happy childhood. Mm -hmm. Blanche had also gone on to study at the Christian Union at the time wanting to become a nun. Okay. So she, however, <clears throat> did not and continued instead to live life as a wealthy socialite. Mm -hmm. So her father, Charles Emile, was an academic who had gone on to become the dean of the University of Poitiers and her mother, Louise Monnier de Mar, was a high society woman that was known to be very active with her charitable contributions to the city. So Madame Louise had even received an award from the Committee of Good Works for her donations to the city. So she had also had a brother, Marcel, who was one year older than her. Marcel was a respected lawyer who at the time had been administrative official with Piget-Commune. So this is a very like wealthy, well-to-do, yeah. mm -hmm. very like involved in the community yeah. family. Yeah. So these, just to like, it sounds like set it. the family dynamic. These are very like keeping up with the Joneses type people. Gotcha. Okay. So in a moment, I'm going to tell you two very different stories involving Blanche Mollier and what is to come. So these two stories can be very conflicting, which is why I'm going to split them in two. Mm -hmm. But each of these have believers on either side, mm -hmm. which one is the truth. And we'll kind of discuss later, like the merits of each of these stories. Mm -hmm. However, one thing remains the same in each. Mm -hmm. In 1876, at the age of 27, Blanche Mollier disappeared and was never again seen by French high society. Oh, wow. Okay. So the first story that I will tell you is the more popularly known of the two and tends to be the story most found when you search this case. Mm -hmm. um, and in all honesty, this is the only version I had ever really heard of mm -hmm. before I did like my whole deep mm -hmm. dive and ended up finding an entirely alternate story. Yeah. So in May of 1901, the attorney general in Paris received a letter describing a horrific secret being kept by the Mollier family. This letter disturbed him and he set out on it to begin an investigation. Mm -hmm. So the Mollier family was one with spotless reputation and had never been even slightly tarnished. Mm -hmm. So this at first made him think that the, what the letter was claiming could not be possible given the accusations made in it. But he had to know for sure. The letter went as follows. Monsieur Attorney General, I have the honor to inform you of an exceptionally serious occurrence. I speak of a spinster who is locked up in Madame Moyer's house, half starved and living on a putrid litter for the past 25 years, in a word, in her own filth. Oh my God. So the attorney general, unwilling to drop the matter without first having these claims checked into, sent police officers to the home to further investigate these claims. So while there, the officers talked with Madame Monnier, who assured them that nothing of the sort was happening in her home and giving her sterling reputation, the police were inclined to believe her. However, because of their good judgment, they insisted on doing a quick search of the home. So when police made their search of the home on Rue, or 21 Rue de la Visitation, they did not see anything off until they noticed a horrible smell coming from the upstairs. As they followed, the odor <coughs> led, it, or led them to a door that was padlocked from the outside. Oh, yikes. Police broke off the padlock, broke down the door, and entered inside. Mm -hmm. So when they entered the room, the room was pitch black. In the room, they found a single window shrouded by huge curtains covered by a thick layer of dust. Behind those curtains were shutters nailed closed. So the stench of the room was so rotten that one officer ordered the window be broken open. The officers had to remove the shutters from their hinges to open the window. So when light finally poured into the room, they looked down to see rotting food scraps littered on the ground. Mm -hmm. And in one corner of the room, they found a broken down, dirty straw mattress mm -hmm. lying on the ground. Mm -hmm. So, and upon this mattress was an emaciated woman changed the wall oh my god covered in lice and filthy from her own excrement oh my god surrounded by vermin attracted to rotting fruit or uh, rotting food was blanche mollier oh my god 
So in one original article, they described this as the unfortunate woman was laying completely naked on a rotten straw mattress. All around her formed a sort of crust made out of shells and bugs running across Mademoiselle Moyer's bed. The air was so unbreathable, the odor given off by the room was so rank that it was impossible for us to stay any longer to proceed with our investigation. Oh my god. So... Given what the police were seeing, they immediately took Blanche out of this and rushed her to the hospital. So police immediately arrested Madame Monnier and her son Marcel. While at the hospital, doctors found 54-year-old Blanche to be extremely malnourished. She weighed to only be about 55 pounds. Wait, she was 54 years old? Yep. She was 54 So she years disappeared old. when she was 27? Yep. And resurfaced when she was 55? Yes. Yep, and the, in her 54. mom's house. Yep, in her mother's house, in a room that on the other side of the door was padlocked. Oh my god, okay, continue. Yep. So I want to get that straight. <laughs> yep, she's 54, and she's so malnourished that she's only 55 pounds. Holy shit. Yep, so Blanche was completely lucid and had told the staff how lovely it was to breathe fresh air again. <gasps> Oh my god. She told officers that when they rescued her in her room and had ripped down the, shre- the shutters, that was the first time she had seen sunlight in nearly 20 years. In this version of the story, she had told officers that she had been tied up naked in the room for 25 years since the day she disappeared. She explained that this chain was so short that she could not even get up to go to the bathroom, explaining as to why she was covered in filth. In the story, when police asked the poor woman why she was chained up there, she told them that she had fallen in love, fallen in love with a penniless lawyer whom her mother did not approve of. Her mother had insisted that she choose someone or someone wealthier or someone who that was in better social standing, but she refused. Mm. Because of this, her mother locked her away because she wouldn't bend to her mother's will. She did not even relent to giving up and marrying another, even when her lover had died in 1885. Wow. So when Blanche was a teen, she had many suitors from the upper crusts of society, but none had ever, or none were ever good enough in her parents' eyes. So especially not when Blanche was met with, or had met this lawyer in 1874 when she was 25. She claimed that because she was, or because he was not from a noble birth, did not have much money, was older than her, and was Protestant, whereas her family was Catholic, her mother would not allow the marriage. But Blanche was madly in love with him and refused to be with him for, or to be with no other other than him, which is why her mother had locked her away. So for years, when folks would ask the family about Blanche and where she had suddenly gone, her family would tell people that she had gone to Scotland for finishing school. As as time went on and folks began to realize that Blanche still had not returned, mainly uh, many believed that perhaps she had run away and, el- and eloped. But as years went by, the family later told friends uh, that she had died and that for a time they mourned her loss until more time went by and they had stopped talking about or acknowledging that Blanche had ever existed at oh, all. Oh, Jesus. So the police have, having arrested her mother and brother for the imprisonment and horrific conditions that Blanche had been left in, began to ask each of them as to what had happened and to what had happened to mm-hmm. get them here. So each of them denied the problem and her mother directly saying that she did not understand why this was a criminal matter. The police asked the staff within the home if they had known about Blanche's captivity and each of them had said that they had known but did not attempt to get help for her as they were terrified of Madame Louise. So her brother Marcel, given that he was a respected attorney, was also asked how he could have possibly failed to act and allowed this to continue, but he had said similar things and that he was not one to go against his mother. Oh, Jesus Christ. So the public, reasonably outraged by the treatment that Blanche had received at the hands of her mother, had formed an angry mob outside of their house. Fifteen days after Blanche had been rescued, this mob surrounded the house, frightening Madame Meunier, causing her to suffer from a heart attack that would later take her life. Good, fuck that bitch. So Marcel was arrested for assisting his mother in this forced imprisonment and mistreatment and was tried for these crimes. So he was sentenced to 15 months in prison for his part in this, but was, but was later retried. 
So Marcel, acting as his own attorney, successfully argued that he was not responsible for what his mother had done um, because his mother was the person who had locked her away. Mm -hmm. So he claimed that Blanche could have left at any time but had chosen not to and that he was acquitted and later freed from jail. Uh, so, okay, so the door was padlocked from the outside. Yep. She was chained so short that she had to piss and shit all over herself. Yep. And the window was nailed shut, but she could leave whenever she wanted to. Yep. Hello? That is what he claimed. And apparently a jury did believe that or buy that. And he was then, That's like, he was then had his conviction overturned and was released. That's ridiculous. Yep. So the public was outraged by Marcel being freed and the courtroom was shocked when he was let go. Blanche, however, had permanent psychological damage due to her confinement for 25 years. So given this, she lived out the rest of her life in a sanitarium in Blois, uh, where she later died in 1913 at the age of 64. So her brother Marcel followed her to the grave just a few months later. Mm -hmm. And this version of the story would later go on to inspire the 1930 book Le Sequestier uh, de Poitiers by An uh, André Guide, who wrote a Rapunzel-esque tale of Blanche being locked away due to an unapproved love that would later contribute to this version of the story being so widely accepted as mm. fact. So, however, now I will switch to the second version of this story. Okay. So, Jean-Marie Augustine proposed in their book Le Histoire Verdique de Le Sequestier de Poitiers uh, that by looking back at the original articles and trial accounts from the Mollier case, there there is a very different story mm -hmm. to Blanche's imprisonment than one that is of a stolen romance. So, so either way, she mm -hmm. was in prison for twenty five yes. years, and the her being like fifty four pounds or fifty five mm -hmm. pounds. Yep. Like, so all of that is true. Yes. It's just a matter of what the reason why. Yes. Okay. And the events leading up to that day of her being found. Okay. So, where these accounts first differ is this. So, according to the records, her family claims that are at... Okay. So, according to the records, her family claims that around age 23, Blanche began, began to crave solitude and began to refuse food, developing anorexia. Okay. So, her family described that she had begun to be obsessed with religion and at times would fall into religious delusions and visions. So around this time, Blanche had fallen ill with a fever, and after this illness, she never really recovered and did not return to being a social person in the ways that she had previously. So making it so that she did not want to leave the home, she began to develop a habit at this time where she would refuse to wear clothes and would stand naked in her bedroom window, causing the family to ultimately make the decision to board up her window. Okay. Well, this is what they're claiming. Mm -hmm. So in both accounts, her rescue happened in very much the same way. However, this account, uh, in this account, her brother was still arrested for not having assisted his sister in this condition. Um, she was in, but not for imprisoning her himself. Mm -hmm. So as he did not live in the home on 21 Rue de la Visitation, but instead lived in a house his mother owned that was across the street from okay. them. So when Blanche was rescued and brought to the sanatorium, she was diagnosed with suffering from anorexia, schizophrenia, exhibitionism, and coprophilia. Oh, wow. So exhibitionism is a paraphilic disorder. Um, so I'm going to give like a little bit of a forewarning yeah. that these next two conditions are really like intense mm -hmm. and really frightening. So this is definitely graphic and mm kind of tough so mm -hmm. I understand if someone would want to skip over mm -hmm. some of this um, so basically it's a paraphilic disorder where a person obtains sexual gratification from the indecent exposure of one's genitals mm -hmm. so this usually is either the urge desire or fantasy of exposing one's genitals to non-consenting people mm, what that mm -mm. So sometimes uh, it is also a person having a strong desire to be observed by others during sex. Mm -hmm. So this disorder is usually accompanied by clinically significant distress or impairment. So 
Many people who suffer from this disorder deny that exposing themselves to others cause, them, cause others to feel distress. Mm-hmm. So these individuals do not understand or will not accept that exposing themselves to non-consenting people can be a traumatic experience for them. Okay. So experts believe that this disorder affects 2 to 4% of the male population and that the experts also believe that it affects women uh, less than that. However, the number itself is unknown mm-hmm. because there isn't very many women who have come forward mm-hmm. with it for them to be able to mm-hmm. study exhibitionism within mm-hmm. women. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, so basically this explains as to why there are flashers mm-hmm. or other folks. Yeah. However, like clearly that is something that can a person who flashes you absolutely can have a career mm-hmm. criminal career trajectory that could be very violating mm-hmm. and potentially like lead yeah. to some really fucked up behavior um which in and of itself it is really fucked up yeah. scary behavior and should be taken very seriously but i think it's also something that makes it make more sense in the context mm-hmm. of like how mentally a person can get yeah. to a point yeah. that they gain satisfaction mm-hmm. doing that. I agree. So corporophilia, um, this is also even more graphic. Oh, and very lovely. Sorry, this is really gross. But uh, coprophilia is a disorder that is characterized by an abnormal interest and pleasure in feces and defecation. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Thank you. Yep. So it is most often described as an individual deriving sexual pleasure or gratification from feces. That's fucking gross. So it can either be an attraction to either the smell, taste, texture, or sights and sounds of defecation or a combination of some or all of these. That, okay, listen, here's the thing. I don't like to yuck people's yum, you know Mm -hmm. what? I don't like to judge people. I'm sorry. If you're into that, into shit, literally, straight to jail. That's fucking disgusting. terrifying behavior. So, like, and this, in this account, she was diagnosed with anorexia, schizophrenia, exhibitionism, Mm -hmm. and corporophilia. So this, I guess, in this version is what is trying to suggest as to why she was found emaciated, sort of out of it, or locked away, that she was emaciated, locked away, covered in feces, Mm -hmm. and And naked. Yeah, and her window was boarded up. Yes. So this is what they're trying to say Mm -hmm. as the reasoning behind all of it. She was standing in windows naked, so we had to board up the whole... Mm -hmm board up the windows um i'll explain more mm-hmm. or she was anorexic so she stopped eat so she was just choosing to not eat food mm-hmm. that's why she's so small she liked to stand naked that's why she was naked locked mm-hmm. in this room um that fucked up that she's mentally ill so that's to why lock we her had away. to put here, her in here anyways mm-hmm. so that's i guess what they're trying to say for all of this but i digress so In this version of events, it was said by employees in the home and by Marcel himself that Blanche living in the attic had not been kept secret and that all of them knew she was up there and that this was never like a hidden or concealed thing from employees. They never described her as being in like a Blackbeard's wife type situation, Mm -hmm. but instead that she was a sick woman who had lived upstairs and all of them in the home knew of it and knew that she was there and was mentally unwell. Mm-hmm. So Marcel claimed that she was not locked in the room at all times or chained up to the wall for 25 years, but instead that she could walk around the home, would spend time in different rooms of the house, um, that he would he would come and spend time and read with to his sister, and that she would often play piano in the home. Mm-hmm. So... This, in some ways, was corroborated and disproven by family doctors. Mm -hmm. So over the course of Blanche's life and time in the home, her family had had three physicians that had had seen the family. Mm -hmm. So after the first had died, they had found their second. The second of these physicians said that he knew of Blanche living in the home and had attended to her for some time. So he claims that he had last examined her in 1896 when she was 47. Mm -hmm. So, however, her mother did not continue to see him and had hired a different physician. 
So the third one, however, said he had no idea about Blanche, never provided her care, and said that he never even knew that Madame Monnier had a daughter. Okay. So he had even stated that he had never even heard of Madame Monnier mm-hmm. ever even speaking about a daughter. Okay. So staff in the home had said that originally Blanche had been cared for really well uh, at the beginning of her time living in the attic. So the family had hired a nurse, Marie Fezzi, who lived with Blanche in her room and cared for her for 20 years. Okay. So when Marie lived in the home, Blanche was always washed, kept clean, and the room was always the room itself was always spotless. So however, Things changed when Madame died mm-hmm. in, or when Marie died in 1896. Mm-hmm. So after which, that was when the doctor stopped attending to Blanche and Madame Louise had begun to hire maids to care for Blanche. Mm-hmm. So these maids were usually young, not trained to be nurses or caregivers, and were expected to live in the same room as Blanche. Okay. So this was too difficult for most of these young maids as Blanche would soil herself often, rip clothes, destroy and destroy things during rages Mm -hmm. so given that these maids were never trained to be caregivers that they would often quit quickly leaving blanche without anyone caring for her Mm -hmm. so staff would say that many of them would want to help blanche but could not because of louise herself Mm -hmm. so many employees described madame monnier as hard to be around that was well that she was always described as being very nervous high strung, stingy, and had uh, had poor hygiene. Mm. So one maid had said that she had seen Louise wear the same dirty dress daily. Mm. Louise is Madame Monnier? Yes. Okay. So Blanche's mom. So another had said that Louise once complained that her kids had, or her kids would eat too much and ordered staff to feed them bread that was supposed to be for the dog. Oh my god. So they had said that her publicly generous persona was one that was very different at home. Mm -hmm. That Monnier, at the time of her death, had an estate of 300,000 francs, which in today's money would be about 1.5 million. Holy shit. So however, maids would ask them to bring Blanche clean sheets or clothes, but Madame would say that, would always say no, as Blanche would only ruin them. Mm, That's fucked up. Yes. She seems like a, regardless of if this story is true or not, like, even the, like, either way, she's, she's a monster. A monster. Yeah, either way. Absolute monster. So, like, who the fuck would yeah, do that to exactly. their own kid? Exactly. It's just so fucked up. I agree. Most of the employees believed that the two things that contributed to Blanche no longer receiving the level of care she once had was not only due to her nurse, uh, Fuzzy, dying, uh, but also that her father, Emile, had also been a staunch advocate of hers and made sure she received adequate care. So her father died in 1882, and all of the decisions regarding Blanche were then left entirely to Louise, mm. according to Marcel. Mm. So Marcel claimed that he had asked his mother on numerous occasions to have his sister put in an asylum instead of being home in or being in the home, but his mother had always refused, given that it was against her his leap father's wishes Mm. so during marcel's second trial he was arguing that blanche would come and go as she pleased and that she was not confined against her will but instead blanche chose to be there so he had said that his mother had the sole guardianship of blanche so it was her responsibility so it was the mother the mother's responsibility to act in blanche's best interest and not his Mm mm-hmm So Marcel claimed that he would ask for his mother to send Blanche to the hospital, but she would refuse. And his plan was that when he he was going, that he was going to wait until his mother had passed away. And when he took over the estate and Blanche's care, that he was going to send her to the sanatorium. Mm -hmm. So, however, at trial, it was discussed that Blanche, that after Blanche was freed, before Madame Louise had died, she had blamed Blanche for her own living conditions as well as said that Blanche had always been violent and mentally unstable. So she had even was been, had been noted to saying she didn't understand why people were so upset and was quoted as saying, all this fuss for nothing. Her mom said that. Her mom said About that. this entire thing. Yeah. That the people being upset about them locking away their child, that she became 
literally so emaciated she was 55 pounds was covered in her own feces and was naked and like rotting alive was all just like fuss about nothing you, you guys can't see my face i had the most disgusted look on my face like, as everyone should like what what in the actual fuck yeah like i don't um, hey i know i'm like severely abusing and neglecting my kid yes. and who's not like really a kid but also i'm just like holding her hostage essentially um what's the yes. big fucking deal she's my kid what's the big fucking deal exactly like, it was like this is our family's business why do you care about our family's business of how we treat our mentally ill relatives it's like how we i hear it all the time from um from like uh residents who come into the safe house like they'll be like like, they'll say, like, oh, I wish I would have left sooner, but I didn't want to leave because I, it was a family issue. I don't want to let other people know about my family issues. Yeah. Like, violence or neglect towards a family member is not a family issue. It's no. a crime. It's a crime. It's absolutely horrific and should never be no. happening. Yep, I this agree. is not shit that we should just normalize and be like, oh, yeah, okay, go back out into the workforce. No. You gotta do... Fuck that. Like, you just gotta keep going on and doing mm-hmm. whatever when something horrific just happened yeah. to you. Yeah, no. Oh, no, no problem. My, my daughter's just, like, you know, severely emaciated. Mm-hmm. That's normal. It's totally fine. Let's just overlook that. Yeah. Fuck. Jesus. Fucked up. So, although Marcel's account was clearly was clearly believed at his retrial as he was later com- uh, acquitted, <clears throat> there was damning testimony that made it difficult for the public to understand as to how he was acquitted. At trial, neighbors testified to having heard screams coming from the attic but had done nothing. So as well as one maid of Marcel's had claimed that Marcel himself was also a corporophiliac and discussed that Marcel would not use a toilet instead of using a bedpan and he would only choose to use a bedpan. That's fucking gross. Yeah. She described a time when he had brought his bedpan with feces into the living room where his wife and daughter had been sitting and had closed the windows so that they would be better able to enjoy the aroma. That is so fucking gross. Yeah. So this is what maids who work for Marcel are then claiming. Clearly they did not want to believe this and let Marcel go and believed Marcel's claim that this was all his mom who had done this. But this makes sense to me as to how Marcel just overlooked it for years and was like, yeah, I'll just go up and read to her in this disgusting fucking Well, and attic. that makes me wonder, too, like, like you said, that that's why he was okay with it, because he, yeah. he, he, he was getting, think, he was getting his rocks off from it. Yep, and he didn't think that there's anything wrong with this, because he himself is also corporate failing. That's so fucking gross. Yep. Just, it's so disgusting. Ugh. So staff said that up that even up until the very end of Blanche's captivity, Marcel would often visit her in her room and would go up and read to her. So they said that over the years he had been observed many times to have read newspapers and magazines to her and visited with her often. So Marcel himself would even confirm that he would go and read to her. So, however, each time that he would be asked as to the state of the room, he would respond differently about the level of cleanliness in the room. So, Marcel had had always also conflicted in the account as to when Blanche's decline began to occur, as he said that her decline only started six weeks before her discovery when his mother became really sick. This, this, okay, that... Yeah. Okay. Sounds like such bullshit. That sounds like bullshit, but it also throws me back to the Sylvia Likens case, saying, yeah. like, oh, this only happened in, like, a week. No, no this shit didn't happen in six no. weeks. You don't go from a normal 54-year-old woman yep. to a 55-pound, like, woman. Yeah. You don't do that in a, in six fucking weeks. No, that's impossible. The only way that would ever be remotely possible is if you had the world's biggest tapeworm. Mm-hmm. That was literally, like, sucking all mm-hmm. of the nutrients out, like, yeah. a horror movie effect level. That's fucking crazy. There's no way... That in six weeks, no. she had a disgusting, dusty, boarded-up room that literally there was rotting food all over the place, and that she was 55 pounds. That's fucking And chained crazy. to the bed. Mm-mm. Nope. Just, no. Fucked up. So, this in all reality clearly would not have been possible, given, you know, the amount of filth in this room, any of this stuff. So... Blanche, like I said, 
at the time of her discovery was 55 pounds. She had hair that had quite obviously not been cut in several years, which was evident by the photographs taken of her at the time of her discovery. I just, I lo- just looked at them. It's fucking horrifying. They're terrifying. So she was chained to the wall by a short chain and in, and by the room's window, it like by the look of it, it had been boarded up for mm-hmm. decades. So Marcel, however, was acquitted and freed from jail in November of 1901, where he then sold all of the houses his mother had left to him and moved to the coast. So Marcel later died in 1913, just a few months after Blanche herself had died. Mm -hmm. So to this day, they have never found out who had written the letter uh, that would lead to Blanche's rescue, but there are many theories that have been passed around over the years as to who the author could have been. Mm -hmm. So most theories believe it could have been a staff member that could not handle Blanche's mistreatment anymore and sent the letter. Others believe that maybe one of the maids that had cared for Blanche had let it slip to a boyfriend uh, or something like that, and that perhaps that that person, that boyfriend, had then gone mm-hmm. on to write, wrote a letter, or to have written the letter, because they could not handle the thought of her continuing to live in the attic like that. Mm-hmm. And some believe that maybe her own brother, Marcel, had wrote it, feeling guilt after the years and seeing his sister become too ill. Or maybe he realized that his mother was becoming uh, too sick and that he would soon have to be responsible for Blanche Mm -hmm. and didn't want to take on the task. So instead turned his mother in in the hopes of getting his inheritance early and having to not be in charge of Blanche at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So these two stories, like, very different and, like, if the last one's the, like, possibility, that's extremely fucked up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So fucked up that it's like, oh, yeah, I let my sister raw, and then I, my mom's getting sick. I don't really want to do all of this responsibility and have to care for her property properly. Mm-hmm. Let's just, like, turn everybody in now. And yeah, like, that's, I mean, this entire thing is fucked. The fact that this even happened to her mm-hmm. is so fucked up. But the <laughs> fact that the people around her are just like, eh. Yeah, that they're eh. all so, like, whatever about it. Be like, yeah, we knew she was up there. But like, but she's rotting. Yeah, literally, you guys are like doing nothing. Not one of you. Fuck that. That's so fucked up. So crazy to me. So there are many theories as to why the first one is more often told than the second. Mostly it being easier a one for the public, the general public to digest. So it's much more difficult of a pill to swallow when you think of it. Of a poor sick woman having a family that over time just hid her away from the world. Mm-hmm and that did not want to deal with her from embarrassment of having an ill child or did not want her to go into an asylum. Mm -hmm. So as well as, like, how hard it is to think that a family could over time just stop caring about their family mother, whether or not their disabled, like, family Mm -hmm. member was being cared for well and instead just locked her away with the intention of basically letting her rot to death. Mm -hmm. But when you look up this story, there are four very prominent photo or like it's it's sad to think but it's easier to understand as to why the general public would want to think of this like crazy fairy tale yeah and like this crazy like rapunzel-esque like Mm -hmm. oh i just didn't want you i'm the crazy evil mother and i didn't want Mm -hmm. you to run away from me so i just locked you away and like like rot away yeah instead of dealing with the fact that high society horrible people yep could think that their image matters more than taking care of yep, their ill family is, properly. Which is still going on to this fucking day. Absolutely. It's just not talked about. So, so when you look up this story, there are usually four very prominent photos that you find. The first one being the photo of Blanche when she was discovered naked, mm-hmm. starving, and filthy. So the second one that you see is often the one where she has been in the sanitarium for some time, cleaned up with head shaven, Mm -hmm. doing better, but still very clearly haunted by all of what she had gone through. Mm -hmm. So in the last two, I find very interesting that they are usually attached to her. And these photos that on first glance are said to be pictures of Blanche Mm -hmm. uh, when she was young, but from further digging... Neither of them are. Okay. So the first picture you tend to find uh, is of a beautiful young woman, a beautiful young woman that does look a lot like her, mm-hmm. uh, and what folks thought Blanche would use would have used to look like before she had disappeared mm-hmm. with her hair and like an old timey bun. Yeah. But this photo is an unknown unknown woman from 1914. Okay. So obviously that is the year after Blanche herself had yeah. died. So that's clearly not her. But it does look like 
yeah. what she would have looked like. Yeah, I'm looking at them now. Yeah. It's like eerie and kind mm-hmm. of like ghosty and spooky in that way. Mm-hmm. So, and the other that you tend to find is of the beautiful woman with her hair down to her shoulders, mm-hmm. who also looks very similar to what young Blanche uh, would have looked like. But that was the actress Maud Feely. Okay. So Blanche's tale is obviously an extremely tragic one with no happy ending in any way, shape, or form. But what I believe the real story to be is probably closer to the second one that I have told you. Um, Just that I think it would be more widely... I think that it should be more widely known, the second version, because it raises the need for the public to talk about the way that we treat and care for disabled and mentally ill persons. Yes, I agree. And I think it is absolutely criminal that more people don't know about the second half of this story Mm -hmm. and the story that's obviously probably a lot more closer to the truth Mm -hmm. and it's clearly because people don't want to deal with the hard part of talking about how we care care for the mentally ill and the disabled Mm -hmm. like i work in the field of intellectual disabilities and like the stories i get told about like how people had lived before these agencies were in place Mm -hmm. and were genuinely protecting people was absolutely terrifying like we're gonna end up covering it i absolutely want to do episodes where i talk about the treatments that people had received when in asylums and like the care that they had been forced to endure because I think it's so important for people Mm -hmm. to know that this is what we were really doing to people. Mm -hmm. The way that we treated like the mentally ill in asylums is horrific. Oh yeah. And it's something that needs to be addressed and it needs to be talked about and it needs to be learned from or we're only ever gonna just keep doing these kinds Mm -hmm. of things. Yeah. So like this case was definitely a really difficult one and I'm very sorry for that. Yeah that's it yeah. This was disgusting horrifying I, and just like the worst i think this was probably up there with sylvia likens case yeah this like was, that was pretty pr- i mean that was worse because yeah. it was a, it was a child yes but it what this was pretty pretty fucking pretty up. awful and i'm so very sorry for that mm-hmm. everyone yeah but i think like her story is one that is so important I agree. and needs to be told especially because it seems to be romanticized and this like you said yeah. like rapunzel thing which is yes it's I, people do people romanticize stuff so they don't have to face the harsh realities of life yes. and I feel like that sounds like so like nihilistic of me or whatever yeah. but it's true like people don't want to think that people can do these things mm-hmm. like oh well how many how many times as victim advocates do we hear oh well, they had mental illness that's why they did it no, no. they didn't have mental no. illness they were just a fucking asshole yeah. they, they don't want to admit that people can do these horrible things to yes. the people they're supposed to love like especially a mother to a daughter or like yeah. a parent to a child like the Gabriel Fernandez or Gabriel Fernandez case like yeah. people want to say that his mom Pearl and, and her and her boyfriend had mental illness and mm-hmm. were dealing with their own childhood trauma I don't give a fuck nothing that you happened to you in your life yes. will in my head is an is an appropriate excuse for you treating someone else the way that you were treated exactly and it just doesn't make any sense to me as to why we collectively can't deal with this conversation mm-hmm. of we do treat people that yeah. can't care for themselves in terrible ways mm-hmm. and ableism is so prominent in our culture yep. and it's something that does need to be addressed and talked about yep. where it's really like we're not free unless we're all free yep i agree so it's a conversation that absolutely needs to be had and mm-hmm. i hope is one that gets had more as well as like this story i think was one that like i knew i wanted to cover and had known about for so long because of how horrific it was like and i like i said i only knew the fairy tale-esque version mm-hmm. of it which is why i kind of ended up originally picking this mm-hmm. case but it ended up turning into something different entirely yeah. because i wanted to make sure like what people really got to know mm-hmm. was the harsh reality of what this person really did go through rather than just yeah. this fairy tale of, yeah hey like i'm like stuck up in the castle waiting for someone to come rescue yeah, me or yeah. waiting for the love of my life to come rescue me instead of the reality of something really really terrible yeah yeah it was really fucked up I mean, it was a good one like it was i never i've never heard of that case before so it was very interesting for for me to hear um but it's still like it, it it's really fucked up and yeah it's gross and if you're it's into shit, thing. literally. Um, you're disgusting. Yeah, like, that's way too much. But, like, mm-hmm. I absolutely had to do a deep dive into this once I, like, ended up stumbling upon yeah. it and, like, remembering this because, like, I just 
this whole case I find so very fascinating mm-hmm. and like anything that's like old timey crimes yeah. I don't know what about it like just hits my brain different of like I have to know everything about mm-hmm. this situation because I it's like policing just mm-hmm. wasn't a thing they had yeah. no real way of like actually catching mm-hmm. these people in trails so it's kind of like it's like the Albert Fish of it all like mm-hmm. just stumbling upon like how could this horrific thing be so widespread and happen so much? All because there's no way to figure these yeah. things out. Yeah, definitely. But it's just wild. It's fucked up. And I'm I appreciate all of you for hanging in for that because yeah. well, there's gonna be a lot was, of trigger warnings in the story notes of this that one. That was a doozy, and I'm yeah. very sorry. But yeah. if you guys want to like continue following what we're doing and mm-hmm. like if you want to see the pictures that I was talking about mm-hmm. of the folks that are attributed to Blanche but mm-hmm. aren't Blanche at all we'll post that on Instagram mm-hmm. and if you want to follow us on Instagram you can follow us at figures in the dark if you want to send us a tweet or follow us on Twitter you can do figures in the dark or sorry at figures in the dark but dark spelled DRK because character mm-hmm. limits if you want to follow us on Facebook, uh, tag us and stuff, send case suggestions that way. You can on Facebook at Figures in the Dark. And you can always, of course, like, please send us an email mm-hmm. with case suggestions. We want to hear your guys' stories. If you mm-hmm. had ghosty experience, like any kind of like listener tales, we absolutely want to eventually mm-hmm. do episodes of that. So if you guys want to tell us your stories, we absolutely want to tell them as well. Because mm-hmm. um, in the very near future, because we keep like talking yeah. on end about how we can't wait till it's fall. Mm-hmm. Um, once fall time comes around, I'm going to tell you guys some of my spooky yes. ghost stories. So can't I wait. would love to hear some of yours as yes. well as we want to do more conspiracy theory yes. episodes. So send those in. Yes. Um, and send anything really to our Gmail. At uh, it's gonna be figures in the dark podcast at gmail.com. And uh, just keep listening yeah. and like please like follow us on Spotify or any of the yeah. other platforms we post on. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and then you know, as, as always, always, thank you for listening and always beware the figures in the dark. Alright, bye. bye.